This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody. Tom Burgoyne here along with John Brazier. And, and Tom, I can't tell you how excited I am right now because one of my all-time favorite people, not even in baseball, but in this world. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did I, I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. <laughs> no, I had a big introduction well, planned. Ahead, do it. And you just stole it. No, we're, Tom, no big introduction. Two. Everybody knows the 2008 world champion Phillies manager, and that's Charlie Manuel. He's on the phone with us. How you doing, Charlie? I'm doing great, guys. It's good to be with you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, happy to have you. I mean, uh, it's been a crazy year, as you know, and uh, you're lucky enough to be, you know, down in Florida. Hopefully you're sitting by the pool and, uh, you know, taking it easy. And uh, have you been my, – my one question, Charlie, was going to be, have you been doing a lot of cooking now that this pandemic thing has everybody inside? You're a big cook. Do you, have you been doing more you know cooking? I, actually, uh, Missy's been doing most of the cooking, and I, I, she's been – She's been cooking a lot, and she's been she's been great at it. I'm sitting right here right now, and I'm my I'm looking out right at the window at my pool off my porch, right off the window through the window at my pool. My pool's probably about 25 yards away from me, and uh, uh, it's a little it, it's been a little cool cold here or cool in the morning, but it warms up this afternoon. It's probably going to get uh, 78 to 80, so huh. it's, it's the weather's nice. Nice. Well, we're very jealous. But uh, and Missy's been doing the cooking. Yeah. I thought that was your that was your thing. I mean, when you yeah. had your show, Charlie, you were always you know yeah. you had different recipes. Well, you were showing everybody how to cook. Yeah. We, well, I have a son up here yesterday. I'm with uh, and my two grandsons and his wife, and I did cook some linguine. But now Missy did most all the cooking. I mean, we had more more dishes than that. She, she really, uh, like I said, she's been doing a super job. Nice. So you're not you're not starving. That's good to hear. Uh, no, I'm not starving. I'll never starve, bro. <laughs> and you got All some, we gotta do is just look down at my belt buckle. <laughs> and you got some chocolate. You got some chocolate too to to. Uh, yeah. Did yeah. you, John? Did you send uh, Charlie did, some Asher chocolates? I did, I did not send Bob Asher, who's ah. uh, good friends of Charlie. They uh, he sends a basket to Charlie every every year. Nice. Very he, nice. I want to tell you something, Tom. He uh, he really they really take care of it. But uh, unfortunately, this year at Christmas, the basket he sent, my grandkids eat about all of it. I mean, really. You know, like, I mean, you know, like, uh, they just destroyed the, the, the candy. But it was a big basket, too. Come on. They got to respect their elders. Let you have the, uh, the chocolate, Charlie. Come on. World Series manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie, we we wanted to have you on this. You're our last podcast of the year. John and I have been doing this for a couple of years now, and uh, you're our last um, uh, 
uh, you know, interview of, of 2020. And uh, we wanted to talk a little bit just about your career. And uh, it's just obviously, you know, such a fascinating, awesome career. Um, and I guess, you know, going back, growing up, you know, in Virginia, uh, did, my question, did, did you have a favorite team? I mean, obviously, Virginia doesn't have an MLB team. But uh, did you have a favorite team yeah. back then growing up? And did you have a favorite player? Yeah, in baseball, I definitely, I'm going to tell you something, in baseball, I definitely had a favorite team. And at that time, when I was just a real young kid, it was the Brooklyn Dodgers. Hmm. And then, of course, when they moved to L.A., I still liked them. And my favorite player was Ted Williams. And uh, always has been Ted Williams. And, uh, of course, when you uh, when you hear names like Mickey Mantle and, uh, you know, Willie Mays and all these uh, guys that I was very fortunate to actually get to uh, play against them and to meet them and things like that, then I I, re- I gained more heroes as I go along. And, it, I mean, I cannot tell you, uh, you know, how, how much of a great, opportunity and time I had you know like as a player really well Charlie also you you played under in the major leagues you played under some legendary managers I mean Billy Martin you had uh Walter yeah. Alston uh I mean what kind of influence did you did that have on you as a player and then you know later as as a manager I think Billy Martin you know like he was my first big league manager he's a character and that's when you listen to his story the people tell the stories and also you know, uh, the, T- the TV ex- 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 uh, expose of him and things like that. They're basically, you know, like it's, it's, clo- it's close to who Billy was. He was a tremendous person. Uh, he could get mad. Uh, he was, he, you know, he kind of had a little man's complex, but he was funny as heck. And he was a great baseball guy, and he was a very disciplined manager. And he, and he, he was a teacher, and he, and he actually loved to teach. And uh, he was fun to play with. For about one or two years, Billy was the greatest, but then all of a sudden he could start wearing on you a little bit, uh, you know, like because he was consistent every day of who he was. That right. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then Walter Austin, he was uh, very professional, and uh, he was quiet, uh, carried a lot of respect, and, uh, and uh, you know, like in uh, – uh, he he was a, he was more in the team. He said he, he was talk, he talked about winning all the time, and he always wanted uh, he always talked about mastering the game and uh, and the perfection of the game. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, and I know well. <laughs> I, I remember reading something, Charlie. I think when when you got over to Japan, which is really awesome. I, that your your Japan years, uh, you know. First of all, just from the stats and and you know everything and your accomplishments in Japan, but um, it must have been just really difficult for you, um, just culturally. You know, uh, I, I know you like to tell the story that first day that you got to Japan. I mean, yeah. you, you got off the airplane <laughs> and you know, t- t- tell yeah. tell people what the, those first you know twenty four hours in Japan were like. Well, you know, I left. Uh I lived in Minnesota at that time, and I had to fly back to Chicago. In Chicago, uh, we flew uh, uh, right uh, right to uh, Japan, and we went through Alaska. We we re- refueled in uh, uh, Alaska, and uh, 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 and then from there we went straight to Tokyo. And I got there probably twelve thirty or one o'clock in the morning. And when I got there, I came off the plane. And in, uh, right there at the airport in this room, it was a kind of a big room and 
but it was real dark in there, and he had all these media people. And I, they had at least, I'm telling you, uh, and I'm not missing by very much, they had at least 50 cameras. And they and, and they were talking and asking asked me all these questions. Some of it was in English, a lot of it was in Japanese, and I had an interpreter there, and I was petrified. And then later on, I, I went with Davy Johnson and uh, uh, Roger Repos, guys that were uh, 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 Roger Repos my team. One, he's going to be my teammate. Then Davy Johnson played with the Tokyo Giants, which I knew, and you know, like I met them uh, downtown in Akinza. Spent about a couple hours with them, and then we got on a plane and flew to uh, Kagoshima Island. And from there, we bust down to a place called Yudamoto. It's on the uh, on, on the ocean, and uh, that's where I took spring training. And I, we got there about four o'clock in the morning. And at six o'clock, I was out walking. We had to walk like do an early morning walk, and then we walked about I don't know four or five miles. Came back and eat breakfast, and I went up, and we went downtown in this bus kind of a micro bus pink and white and they stopped right in front of these steps and it was 139 steps and uh i wasn't in very good shape i only made about i think i made like 38 of those steps <laughs> and and they were laughing at me you know like and they were saying i wasn't in shape and things like that uh so i go back listen to this this is a true story i've told you this i go back to the uh to the uh, uh hotel and it's about i don't know it's about six o'clock in the evening it's already got dark and i go and uh roger roger repose the guy that's on our team and my interpreter a guy named uh, luigi nakajima they come up to my room and they and i and i they undressed me because i was so sore i was so sore that i could not move sore i've ever been in my life and things like that and they got me up, and they take me down and put me in this Japanese bath. I was the only guy in this bath. I didn't have any clothes on. <laughs> and I and I just kind of crawled over in the corner. It was hot. It was re- The water was real hot. The sulfur water was real hot. And I just crawled over in the corner, and I fell right to sleep. And when I woke up, there was all these ladies in there. And they, <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> and they didn't have any clothes on. And I and I thought, and I, I don't know, I just... I, you know, like, I, I didn't, think I, I like didn't know place. if I was dreaming or not. <laughs> huh? Yeah, you're like, I think I like this I, I place. I, listen, listen, I don't know if I was dreaming or not, but at the same time, as tired as I was, you know, like, uh, uh, there wasn't too much I could do. So, <laughs> so anyway, I'll tell you something. That was, uh, it was absolutely unreal. These ladies come over and they touch my arm and the hair on my arm and stuff like that. And, but, but that, that's a true story. And it's kind of, that was my first day in Japan. Now, how did you, how really? did you get the nickname? Your your nickname was uh, Oniaka, right? The Red Devil. Akaoni. Akaoni. Sorry, Akaoni. The Red Devil. Now, how did yeah. you how did you get that? And who yeah. gave that to you? Because I was, uh, you know, like uh, you know, like I uh, I'd get mad. I had a temper, and I'd re- get real mad and forceful. And I was, uh, you know, like and I was big for Japanese, and you know, like and I was strong, and I uh, and, and, and I could hit good. And you know, like, and they was act, and they actually, they act like it. Uh, as far as the, these comic books and on television things like that, you know, like they uh, they call me Red Devil because I was so dominant. You know, like as, as far as the figure of hmm. of uh, uh, they liked me as, the, the way I played, but they were scared of me acting. You know, like because uh, they said I hit the ball far. <laughs> well, yeah, when every year, or for for many years, you battled the. 
I mean, I remember this guy uh, growing up, Sadahara O. Uh, for many years, you battled him for the home run title. Um, so, what w- was there some resentment that a foreigner was was basically you know competing with their their baseball hero uh, for the home run? Yeah, title, you know, is- like yes, yeah, uh, you know, definitely that. You know, like oh, oh uh, uh, was uh, Chinese, and you're like, a, and, and like he was a, a real Japanese, and it, it, for a long time that meant something. Anymore, was oh made himself into like a tremendous hero in Japanese baseball, and it's well deserving. But at the same time, too, I played in the same league with O, and both of us, uh, he was a little bit older than me, two or three years older than I was. But now we battled in that same league, and, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, I think once or twice I did, I, I think I did beat him in homers, but now, uh, uh, I, I finished second to him a couple of times, and, uh, ribbies and stuff like that, and he was a, he was a tremendous, tremendous player. He would have been a great player here, too. I mean, you like, he's famous, and, uh, actually, that was uh, to me when I look back. At, uh, that that was a part of really enjoying Japanese baseball. Is was you know like I had there was competition there, and and I played the game real hard, and uh, and I enjoyed the the, the years that I spent there playing. Yeah, and uh, boy, you're bringing up Sahara O, uh, Charlie. I have to tell you, one of the greatest thrills in my life was the first time I, I no, actually I, I've been over there a couple a few times. And the second time I went over, it was when the All-Star, the MLB All-Stars, were over playing the Japanese All-Stars. And my friend, the fanatic, I know you know him, he wound up uh, putting on a dress and going out and dancing at first base because O O was was, uh, coaching first base for that All-Star series. And so we had to have a meeting. And I know you you know what that's like when you have the interpreters and you have to talk through the interpreters. And they and I'm in there in a meeting with O and and said, you know, this this man from, you know, from the United States is the Philly, you know, is the friend of the Philly fanatic. And uh, he wants to dance with you on the field. And, you know, he's never done that before. So but sure enough, Charlie, uh, the the lady fanatic went out and danced with Sahara. Oh, the the people, I don't think they couldn't believe it. They'd never seen that guy dance before. You know, <laughs> right. but, exactly. but but that yeah. All Star Series, yeah. Charlie. Um, I guess were you a player over there uh, th- when the big leaguers would come over? Um, you know, did I read? They came to- over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I know like, like Mickey Mantle. Did you take Mickey Mantle? Like right. you, you had to show him around no. the town sometimes, or what? No, no, I I did not. Uh, Mickey Mantle, no. But they did. Uh, they did come. They uh, uh, we had an All Star team. Team it came one time when I was in Japan, okay. and uh, they had Carew and uh, all the big stars back in those days. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think all these. I mean, they had, they had they bought all all the stars with them and things like that. And uh, Pete Rose used to come to Japan. You know, like he used to work for Mizuno, and I used to see him a lot. I used to go eat. Uh, I've gone to eat dinner a couple times with Pete and everything, two or three times probably. You know, like and uh, you know, like you know, like a lot of guys I did meet. You know, like that, that came to Japan, but uh, but but I was not there. When, I, I was in the country at one time when they play, was playing the All Star Games, but I didn't attend any of them. Okay, yeah. Well, that, that was always a big deal over there when the big Lakers came to town. But in, you know, it, when right. the Swallows, you were on the Swallows, and this when you guys won yes. the championship, it was their first championship ever, and you were on that team. You led that team. Right. I got to ask you, how was the party afterwards? Like, do they do they pour champagne on beer. people's heads? Do they drink beer? Like, what do they do when they celebrate? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, we had a. It was a real big. It was very big. It was. A, it, it was. It was a lot. Lot similar here in the state. Uh, we went. We uh, 
I did a parade right down through the gyms of downtown Tokyo. We had, I don't know, we had we had a few million people out there. I mean, it was huh. as far as you could see. But now, you know what, guys? It was nothing like the Phillies parade in, in, uh, in uh, 208. Really, really. I mean, the parade, was, but it was a difference, I guess, because uh, their parade was a little bit quieter. Quieter, Things yeah. like that. The Phillies parade was more energetic and everything. You know, a lot of... You know, a lot of laughter, a lot of happiness, things like that. Well, let's get to that year. Obviously, uh, you get hired. Uh, you follow Larry Boa. Uh, the team is kind of ascending. Uh, then that magical year, 2008, uh, everything starts coming together. You know, you had that core of Jimmy Rollins and Chase Sutley and uh, Ryan Howard and Cole Hamels, all, all products of the Phillies farm system. You know, tell us what did you – when you got hired, did you see – could you see that coming, you know, as far as – you know, building up to that 2008, and in that 2008, did you could you have predicted what would have happened in the beginning of that year? You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Braves. When I the first year I worked for uh, Philly, you know, like uh, uh, they had just they had just signed Tommy, and actually, you know, like uh, Larry Boa and and I and, and Bukovic had talked about, you know, like they had, they had asked me a lot of questions about Tommy because he was a free agent, things like that. And they persuaded Ed Wade, you know, like to uh, and, and and Ed got very interested in Tommy, and it, so they they uh, they uh, uh, of course you know like they they worked with him and they and they worked out a deal and you know, Tommy became a big Philly, and then in January you know like I I was talking to a Japanese team actually about going over there and managing, but you know like it it, it didn't did not work out for that that season, so you know uh, Ed called me and asked me would I because if they picked up Tommy, would I want to come and, you know, like, and do some work with them? And I told him, sure. And, you know, like, really, you know, like, and I kind of worked in the front office, and I, and I got to go around the minor leagues and evaluate our talent, and also in spring training, I got to go to some of the visiting teams like the Yankees and Tampa Bay and things, and, uh, you know, I'd write scouting reports on their team. And, uh, and actually, I got to go through our, our minor leagues, and I saw the players that we had, and we had guys like Hamels and Utley, Matson and uh, Howard, guys like this in the minor leagues, and we and I got to know them guys during the season, and then uh, uh, you know like uh, I was you know like I was always after I met those guys in the minor leagues, you know like uh, I liked everything that I saw, and uh, when things didn't work out for Bo, you know like uh, you know like I did not uh, I I wanted to get interviewed for a job I'd never been interviewed before in baseball. And I wanted to get uh, in interviewed because I was interested in the job. But actually, you know, like if you go back and follow it, they 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 called in about eight or ten uh, people before they called me and interviewed me. And uh, you know, like and, and luckily, you know, when I sat down with them, I think I think that they the fact that I did get to work for them that summer, or uh, and, and and they got to know who I was. Uh, you know, like actually, I worked two years for them, yeah. and and. Uh, and actually, those two summers, I think they got to know who I was, and and, and they were, and then they were more interested in me, I think, than I realized. Thankfully, right? I mean, it's uh, yeah. Tom still there. You go, Tom. Just, we're about to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, and then Charlie, you know, uh, you 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 have progress, uh, you know, 2006, and then 2007. You know, the way that all went down yeah. with, uh, you know, the, the September that we had, and of course and the, the Mets, collapse uh, of the, Mets. Yeah, right. the collapse of the Mets. But uh, what were you telling right. the players at that point? You know, um, 
you know, uh, knowing that, you know, what were we, you know, about seven games out with about 10 or so to play. Could they see that maybe they had a chance to win the division that year? Yeah, we we always felt like we could win. You know, like I'm, I'm telling you, especially like in 207, 208, we always felt like it was a win. You know, like we, we felt like that we were, we were the best team. And, and, and yeah, you know, like going all down the stretch, I remember t- uh, telling Pat, Pat Gillick, he might not remember this, but we went on a road trip. We, we played the Mets, and then we went to St. Louis, and we ended up in Washington at the end of the season. And I, and, and I basically told him, St. Louis at that time had a real good team too, and I basically told him, I came within one game of telling him how many games that we were going to win on that trip. And if you go back and look, we had a big trip, and uh, and we came back and we were just sitting in a good position. And 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 of course we end up winning our our division, which was which was. And everybody, I tell you something, we were. I think that we were so excited and things like that. At we played a hot Colorado team and things went their way. And within three games, we were out before we really got got into the thing. If that makes sense. No, I that, mean, we used yeah. to come to the ballpark. We always came to the ballpark early, but in the playoffs, we came to the ballpark like uh, ten thirty or eleven o'clock in the morning. You know, to, you know, like to play a, a afternoon game. We get there sometime like eight o'clock or, or nine thirty in the morning. But then when we played a, a night game or something, we'd get there. Uh, I think the last game we played out there in Colorado that year in two thousand seven was everybody was in the clubhouse at like ten o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and you know, like and, and we were fired up. We was ready to go, and. You know, like Colorado was hot, hot, yeah. and uh, and uh, we played a heck of a game out there in Colorado. But they beat us you know, like in three straight. They beat us two in Philly and one out there and eliminated us. And I think that was the most dis- disappointing time that I had as managing the mm-hmm. Phillies. Mm-hmm. And the next spring, when we come back to spring training, I want to tell you something. I never. Our, that's the lowest point point of our team. And you could tell our team when I got up to talk, Roger, you probably listen to those speeches yep. all the time yep. I give. And all of a sudden, I just throw the, my speech away and start talking. And I didn't have to get real, uh, you know, like I didn't have to talk very long because the, just the feel and the attitude and the chemistry of the players and how they had already talked to me. And we talked about what we was going to do in 208 and we was going to win. And remember Jimmy Rollins? He stayed from day one. We started talking about we were the best team in the league and everything like that. In some ways, I wanted to quiet them down, but at the same time, too, it definitely inspired us to stay focused on what we was doing. And then I get back to those days in our ballpark. We still we played every game before a sellout crowd. And our city and the state of Pennsylvania, they definitely motivated us. And they played a big part on our season. They did not let us quit. And they and if we didn't hustle, they would get on us. And if we if we played bad, they would they they would they would make sure that we got up. And you know, like and they'd also make sure that we played every inning of the game and things like that. And and it, you know what? It was it was all good. It was you know, like uh, we kind of got uh, in a in a position where we knew coming to the ballpark we were going to win. And uh, you know, like we came out because we we did it because we wanted to, not because we really had to. That we was better than people, and actually we love to play the game. Characters on our team built our team to the fans, and the fans loved it. As far as you know, who we were, you know, we had speed, we had power, and you know, like we had defense, and we had enough pitching. And although in two hundred eight, might not have been the strongest pitching staff we had, we still had enough to win a World Series. Yeah, and and Charlie, you had mentioned Pat Gillick. Um, uh, you know, some of the moves that he made. 
you know, from 2007 to 2008. Do you feel like he uh, bolstered the roster a little sure. bit for 2008? Yeah. I think, you know, some. I think that Pat came in at a great time. And uh, I think that uh, before that, I think that uh, uh, Ed Wade had, you know, like he had, as a general manager, you know, like he had definitely set that team up to be good. And 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 I and I got to know it real good. And you know, like a couple of years I was with him there. And I'm gonna tell you something. He and he worked hard. And and actually, you know, like he he kind of built a good team. And as Gillick used to always say, you know, like he came in and he got in some of the parts that he saw that we needed. You know, like you know, like he definitely would go get those parts. He, Pat, the biggest thing about Pat Gillick was every day he thought about ways to improve our team. Mm-hmm. And if a guy might not be a regular player, but he would go out and get a Matt Stars or a Greg Dobbs or someone like that. And But also, too, the, the, the character and the chemistry that he required in a player. You know, like he would get the best player out there. He would never, like, for instance, I always said, if you got 10, if, there's, if we start at a 10, that's the best player we can get. That's a superstar player. Uh, he might not be able to get a 10. He might not be able to get a 9 or an 8 or something like that. But now he's definitely not going to get you a 5. So he's going to get you a pretty good player if he gets you a 6 or 7. Does that make sense? Yep, yep. And, 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 and he would always – he always would do that. He was always ahead of the curve. And, and, and really, you know, I got to – actually, I got to know Pat better, you know, like when I was off the field. And, and once I saw and really got to learn who he was and how people looked uh, uh, kind of uh, – gathered around him and the things that people said about him is absolutely amazing. And, and he, he's in the Hall of Fame and uh, he gives us credit for, you know, help put him there. And I'll tell you something, but he's a guy that definitely deserves everything he gets in the game. So oh, yeah. he's, been a, he's definitely been a good example of baseball. Hey, Charlie, let's let's go that 2008. Let's go right to the World Series and let's go right to that game five when uh, probably the only it is the only time in baseball. Mm-hmm. That uh, here we are, one one win away from being the champions, and all of a sudden the rain hits. We have a lead. Uh, what's going through your mind at that point? And then what big decisions? Obviously, you've got a lot of decisions because we're right in the middle of a game. You know, for when the game does right. get resumed the next, you know, a uh, couple days later, right. uh, who's going to be batting and and some of the other big decisions you have to make? You know, in that time period, tell us, give tell take us back right. to that time. Yeah, you know, like when they called the game, I was upset because if you remember they. Uh, Tampa Bay scored a run in their in in the, their half of the of of, of their inning, if I'm not mistaken, in the sixth. If you look and see that, yeah. I think that they scored, they definitely they scored a run, and I was upset at that because they could have they could have called the game back in the third inning, second inning, or whatever. Yep. And they waited. I felt like and they waited too long to uh, change the game. I mean, to call the game, and then you know, like uh, when we went downstairs and the commissioner. And then they, it, all of us were down there. Probably, I don't know, 25, 30 people in this room. And they're talking about why they did this and, they, and what we was going to do. And they asked me a question. And I basically, I, I thought I might be the only guy in that room was kind of upset. You know, like I was upset because we didn't get the bat. You know? Yeah. And, you know, like I felt like if we wanted the bat because the ball was slick and the ball was hard to handle, it was hard for the pitcher to throw the ball, things like that. You know, like and I wanted the bat in that half an inning, of course. But, and also, I didn't really – Understand. I understood the rules and that, that the game was going to be uh, replayed sometime. But at the same time, you know, like I still wanted to hit. Well, that didn't happen, and that kind of that was kind of different. 
and they give us a, uh, what we have. We had a day and a half or something to think yeah, about it yeah. or whatever. Two days, and, yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, like, in, uh, but our guys, I'll tell you something, our guys came to the ballpark and uh, uh, we had a workout and we had, you know, uh, we had a good workout, came back the next day. And when the game started, I felt like we were definitely fired up, ready to play. Uh, we were the, the all that we were talking about was, you know, like winning this that game. We were we, we were very focused on that game. And, and Jenkins then, you know, let like off I, right we, for that game. Jenkins exactly. Jenkins. I, I nobody thought I would leave, would leave Jenkins off because they thought I. They always thought at me as a manager. You know, like oh, he's going to play. A, he'll start a guy that's going to maybe draw a walk or get a base hit. Or something like that. And I'd seen Jenkins play over in uh, American League when I was in Cleveland, and Jenkins Jenkins was a good player, a good hitter. Mm. And uh, ball four was a he was a, he's a low fastball pitcher, and the history on him was you know like he's going to establish his fastball you know like at the start of the game he does that when he comes in in a relief. But starting games he, he's going to throw a lot of fastball. You know, he's going to establish his fastball quick. He's going to be trying to get ahead of you. And things like that, and Jenkins being a low ball hitter, and he's a fastball slider changeup pitcher. I thought to myself, Jenkins is ideal for him. Hmm. And I, and I, 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 you know, like, and I asked people, I asked my coaches, I asked different, uh, you know, like, I had conversations, and and none of them said Jenkins. And I had Jenkins in the back of my mind all the time. And, and then when I told Jenkins, probably a half an hour or maybe forty minutes before the game started, he's he's going to uh, be the pinch hitter. And uh, he kind of—I think he was a little bit surprised, but but I thought to myself, Jenkins can walk, Jenkins can hit a single, Jenkins can hit a double, Jenkins can hit a homer, and that, and he's in—he's ideal. He's a low ball pitcher against a low ball, uh, a, a low ball pitcher to a low ball hitter. A good matchup. I yeah. like the matchup. It's kind of almost like, and I—that's how I look at Matt Stairs over in San, uh, in uh, L.A. too when he hit when, when he hit the homer off of their big reliever. Mm. You know, like Rockstar, same kind of yeah. matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same kind of matchup, same thing. Well, it, Charlie, it worked. Jenkins hits it in the air to right center field at the wall. Extra bases for Jenkins to start the inning. He thought about three. He'll hold with a double. I will tell you, I think I had yeah. a, a tear in my <laughs> eye after the game. Uh, you know, you got a chance to get up on stage, and and I remember this, Charlie, because you know John and I we were all going <laughs> we were all going crazy in 2007, yeah. and we had it we had to coax you out of the dugout, and you came out, you got some uh, champagne poured on you, and then you went back in the dugout, you let the players you know yeah. have their moment, but now yeah. you win the World Series, you're up there with David Montgomery and Pat Gillick, and uh, that just uh, the way you addressed the fans and uh, everybody was so Perfect. happy. I mean, what, what what were you feeling when you were on? that stage with uh, David and Pat and uh, you had the trophy in your you hands? Know, I don't know. I listen to it every now and then because people play it, you know, like quite a bit. And I was definitely in a hurry. <laughs> if you listen to me talk, I, I, I'm surprised that he came out, really. <laughs> I, but, but really, because I, mean, I was in a hurry. I was excited about getting to tell somebody something. But, uh, hey, listen, this is for Philadelphia. This is our four fans. But yeah, I mean it was it was that it was that kind of feeling really. But you know when I walked back, you know when after we had already won, you know like that was a pause, and and I stayed in the dugout 
And you know, like, and I wonder what our players, how they reacted, and how the fans reacted. And it, I don't know how many seconds, but there was some seconds passing, and nobody thought the game was over. Uh, and uh, I think it took us a little while to understand that we'd won the World Series. And you know, like, and what I thought to myself, I said, hey, "Look at these guys; they still got a lot left." You know? Yeah. And uh, that was good. You know, that was. <laughs> I mean, that was. I never seen. But also, too, I never, that, that has been the highlight of my baseball career. And the reason is because it was so real, and I never seen so, so, so much happiness from so many different people. That's yeah. unreal, really. Yeah, well, that's what winning in Philadelphia will do, Charlie. That's for sure. You turned everybody on. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward uh, to 2009, um, you know, go back to the World Series. How special was that for you in terms of uh, going to play the New York Yankees now? Is, you know, what, what did you think yeah. about that? I, you know what? Some people would think, I've heard people think, well, now you've got to play the Yankees. I wanted to play the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly who I wanted to play, and I and that's exactly who I wanted to be. And the reason for it because I knew Philadelphia was the top to come off of Philadelphia if we beat the Yankees. And it's you know, like it's too bad. You know, I tell you something: with our pitching got out of whack, and we wouldn't. We you know like and we had to uh, kind of miss back and patch up and things like that. And actually, the Yankees you know like they just played and and they got breaks and they took advantage of them and they just. That, you know, like they just played better than we did, Brazier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie, tell us about you had a lot of special players in your in your coaching career. Obviously, you mentioned Jim Tomey, but the, one of the ones uh, in that in the later years, Roy Halladay. Tell tell the listeners what it was like yeah. to manage Roy Halladay and what kind of a competitor that guy was. His preparation was beyond the charts. Uh, tell us about Roy yeah, Halladay. Absolutely, I can't say I can't say enough about Roy Halladay. You know, like when you, when I think of it, you know, like he puts everything into the game. He was very prepared. He was ready to go. He was in tip top shape. You know, like and, not, uh, and his work ethics off the chart. He gets to the ballpark every every morning early. And when he picked on days in the during the season when he picked after the game, I'd see him down there along the uh, Walt Whitman Bridge and stuff running. You know, like running towards toward the bridge like and I'm thinking to myself and I'm going home like one o'clock in the morning so if he goes across that bridge and comes back he's not going to get home to like 2.30 or 3 o'clock and then, then the next day I get in my car and go to the ballpark I go to the ballpark early I get there about 10.30 he's already in there working out and, he, and, and he's lifting weights he's, he's squatting heavy weights and things I, uh, unreal and uh, you know what but I it took me a while to learn who he was and the more that he stayed around our team and pitch for us and things and as good as he was his workout, to me, his workout and everything made made him the different the difference maker because that told him that he was better, he was smarter, he was stronger. And he when he faced the hitters and when he pitched in a game, that was his mentality. Mm-hmm. And you know, like and it really and he was a gamer, man. And uh, he didn't didn't like to come out of games, but he never gave me any trouble or nothing like that. You know, like kid up, but he'd always tell me after the game was over. He'd go, Chuck. I could still, I, I still had something left. I could go farther, and I, I and I knew that. But you know, when he got to 120, 120 to 122, 123 pitches or something, and for me to send him out in the ninth inning, which I did do sometime, if you go look, that's taking a chance because over the course of 30, 33 to 36 starts during the season, that right there was definitely could wear a tire on your arm. 
I mean, that was that was overloading. And, and it must have been a little <laughs> a little intimidating trying to take Roy Halladay out, right? He'd give you that death yeah, stare. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I, you know, like I had two players. Roy Halladay's one, Chase Utley's the other. Right. And both of them, would st- they like to stare at me on the mound. You know, like for some reason, you know, like they like to stare right in my eyes. Graves, I think you know me. I made a point that I wasn't going to take my eyes off of. Right. You know. You know, but but at the same time, too, let me put it to you like this: they were very two top-notch professionals, really. I mean, they were you know like they're off the charts. Holiday was Holiday's a big-time gamer. Yeah. And guys like uh, guys like those those pitches we had back in those days. I'll tell you something: you know, like for, it was, we, we had a hard time. People don't realize this. You go back and look. We had a hard time getting running through our rotation of all four of. But when we did, man, we were you know, like we could put a hurt on you. Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, they were they were big time starting pitches. And it, uh, it's just too bad we couldn't win another World Series because I I look at I look at the the team at the Giants beat that that would kind of might have got to me, uh, you know, like more rough than the Yankees beating us in the World Series because I I know we were better than the Giants. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I really and I feel that way today. I mean, I can honestly say that. Hey Charlie, you've you've uh, what I love about your whole life is that you've just you've met so many. Uh, you've been in a position based on your baseball, but even non-baseball, you've been able to meet so many different people, prominent people in this world. Tell us about the time. It's one of my favorite stories that you tell uh, when you were, I believe, you were a kid in Buena Vista, Virginia, and the president of the United States, uh, I believe, it was Eisenhower. Was that right? <laughs> Came through. Yeah. Tell 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 the listeners no, that story. Truman. Oh Truman, sorry Truman, right? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I was a freshman. I was a freshman, and I was not at university. Is like uh, six miles from Lexington. Okay. Yep. And uh, and we practiced baseball early that day. To and our coach let us go over to you know to see the president. Of course, that was a big deal. So uh, when we get over there, I'm standing on Main Street in Lexington, and they got like they got uh, they got like. Uh, in that one way, though, they got two stoplights, and the other way, I think they got three up, straight up and down three, and crossways is kind of two. <laughs> and so they got about five or six blocks in the town. So I'm standing on Main Street, uh, right beside this, uh, uh, I think the Jefferson Hotel. It's a big, you know, like it's a big, uh, it was a big deal then. Be in mind, Washington Lee's there, of course. And I'm standing there, I'm a freshman, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, this parade, uh, uh, Linda Lee, me, uh, Linda Lee, me, Miss America, and Harry Truman, the president. They're in this convertible. It's long, you know, it's long, dark blue convertible with a white uh, in, uh, interior. And uh, she's wearing a blue dress and Auburn hair. Very, very attractive woman. Anyway, you know, like they get up there and they stop. They just stop right there, right where I'm standing. I'm probably four or five feet from them, you know, like on the sidewalk. And Mr. Truman had tested me. He says, son, open the door for us. <laughs> and I opened the door for him. <laughs> I opened the door for him. And actually, I didn't wait till he completely got out. And I raised the seat. He kind of bumped him. And Linda Lee me. So he, he gets, I'm holding it. And then he says something. He said, hold on. I'm not out of the car. <laughs> and, I, I thought, and I thought to myself, Hey, look! I'm not interested in you. I want to. I, I, I want to get Linda Lee yeah, out Miss, of here. Miss, Miss America, right? <laughs> as, as anyone should, right? <laughs> Smart uh, man. Uh, that's great. Hey, Brazen, that's, that's a true story. And believe me, 
I love really? that. I love I that story. What, and then another one. Actually, didn't, I tell people again. Yeah, I never knew what a pretty girl was until I saw her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really, I go, you got to be really. Hey, but anyway. didn't you also you met Tony Bennett? Uh, the singer uh, in a elevator in <laughs> San elevator, Francisco, yeah, yeah. right? And did you, did you did I have it correct that you asked him to sing in the elevator? That's crazy. Yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. Greg Casteronic, <laughs> Rick Duby, uh, 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 I think it was with a couple players, and we all get on the elevator, and I see Tony Bennett, you know, and I say, hey, Tony Bennett, you know, like that. And I go, I go sing for us, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> guys look at me like and we got off the elevator and Duke said hey, Jesse kind of got excited over Tony Bennett <laughs> he, he talked to us and everything you know. but he didn't sing good. right Charlie he didn't sing no he didn't sing no he didn't sing <laughs> and, and Charlie one of the best things I heard is uh, I've been at a lot of banquets with you and I uh, heard you speak a lot yeah. and I love how you, you'd get up there and you'd tell everyone uh, you'd say, yeah, I, I grew up very poor in, in Virginia. Said, you know, I've got a bunch of yeah. si- I've got a bunch of siblings. You know, you're one of eleven kids, right? Yeah. Uh, you said, yes. you know, he said I had so many uh, kids in my family, and I was grew up so poor. The first time I slept alone was when I got married. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a, hey, that is a that good line. One, hey, hey, that was one of my stories that we get a laugh every now and then. You know, like sometimes you gotta, you know. Uh, matter of fact, I used to love to talk. You know, I got, uh, as always, as you know, Bray. And, and like when, and I like to talk in a, and you know, like at a banquet or something, you know, when, especially when the crowd's kind of, uh, in a, in a surrounding that's close together, you know, like kind of, kind yep. of tight. I, I think, our, I think Citizens Bank, the way it's made and the crowd sits in that ballpark and they're kind of close together, like, and it's inside. I think that creates energy. And, yep. and I think it's easy for me to talk if, if, if the, if the crowd's not spread it out. You know, like I think, I think that they, would they'll enjoy the stories or the punchlines of my uh, jokes or something if, if, if I can, you know, like, and I feel better about myself talking then, too. Mm, that yep. makes sense. That makes sense. Charlie, uh, John's over here waving his hands, so he is ready to. We, we warned you about this, Charlie. I don't he, know if we did. Did we warn yeah, him? Right. Brage always puts together yeah. a quiz. And it's uh, eight right. questions. And it's, and about, it's about your life. So yeah, you it's have about an, your life. You have a good inside chance of getting all eight. And it's, it's multiple choice. It's multiple so. choice. So uh, we do this to every one of our uh, guests. Yeah, we had Billy Wagner on uh, two weeks ago, uh, right. Charlie. Okay. He was talking highly about you. Well, Billy Wagner said yeah, that you actually right. went down and visited him when he played yeah. football at, f- at uh, Ferrum. Right, yeah. Right? right. Ferrum. Yeah. Sure did, yeah. Yep. All right, so, Charlie, yeah. you, should, you should have a good chance of getting these. So, again, eight questions. Are you ready for the quiz? I'm ready. All right. First one is uh, you went to Perry McClure High School, right, in Buena Vista, uh, where you were yes. a four-sport four sport star. What is the nickname of the high school, the sports nickname of the high school? Were you guys the Running Rebels, the Fighting Blues, the Roadrunners, or the Flying Squirrels? Fighting Blues. Yeah. Fighting Blues. That's, correct. That's a layup, yeah, I know. I got to start them off early. That's an easy one. Right? All right. How about this one? Yeah. We mentioned that you played uh, 1980. You, played, you led the Osaka Kanetsu Buffaloes to first place in the Japanese uh, Pacific League. Uh, which one of these is not was not a teammate that year? So three are teammates from that 1980 Osaka team. One is not a teammate. Okay? You got to tell me which one is not. The, oh. the fake player. Okay? okay. A is... Uh, Masataka Nishida, B is Kayosuke Sazaki, C is Maraharu Morimoto, and D is Koichi Hada. 
Which one is not the uh, your teammate? It's going back Man. a few. It's going back a few years, John. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. One I'll of those. The last one. No, one of those guys you you bought a lot of sushi from uh, in Philadelphia. Morimoto. Morimoto was not your I, teammate. I, I, <laughs> Right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. We're going to give that to you because I think you. Uh, yeah. All right. All right okay. So you were also the hitting coach of the Cleveland Indians, and it's very impressive because the team, mm. when you were the hitting coach, led the team in runs three different times, led the runs, uh, led the, led the league in home runs for two different years. So in 1994, who led the Indians in home runs? 1994 was it Jim Tomey, Manny Ramirez, Albert Bell, or Carlos Bayerga? Albert Bell. Albert yes. Bell is correct. You are three for three. You're on a roll. All right, 2008, with a minimum of 200 at-bats, who led the team in batting with a 301 batting average? So, again, with a minimum of 200 at-bats, who had the highest batting average for the 2008 team? Was it Shane, was it Chase Utley, J-Roll, or Greg Dobbs? Uh, who, who's that again? Who had, uh, who had the highest batting average in 2008? Was it uh, the Flying Hawaiian, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins or Greg Dobbs? You know what I? Uh, wow, you know uh, I think Victorino that year hit two ninety six. I think Utley hit two ninety two. I think uh, wow. Oh, I. You know what? I'm going to say J Rowe. No, it was actually Greg Dobbs at three hundred one. Uh, but, but you're okay. but you're right on uh, you're right on point with this guy's average. Yeah. Uh, right, right, all right. right. Two thousand. Right. We'll stay with two thousand eight. Who led the team in wins with sixteen uh, in two thousand eight? Was it Jamie Moyer, Cole Hamels, Kyle Kendrick, or Brett Myers? How many how many wins did you have? Sixteen. Uh, one pitcher had sixteen wins. Jamie Moyer, Cole Hamels, Kendrick, or Myers? Kendrick. No, it was actually Jamie Moyer. Jamie, yeah. yeah that, how about that? Jamie Moyer, what? Yeah. Like, how many did Kendrick win the next year? I don't, yeah, you, I don't know. You don't have those numbers. I don't. Uh, Charlie, how, he won 14 or 16. Yeah. How important huh? was Jamie to that team? I mean, um, well, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. They want to tell you something. Jamie was absolutely unreal. I, Jamie Moyer, he's got, the, he is, he's got the most talent in his ability of anybody i ever seen. Mm. And I knew Jamie Moyer – before that, uh, he came to us with the Phillies. I saw him twice in the minor league when he got sent back, and I thought to myself, he'll never get he'll never get back to the big league. Not only did Jamie Moyer get back, but he made over a hundred million dollars in his career, <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and won a lot so, of games, so Charlie. That, yep. so, so, uh, so, so that just goes to tell you how smart I am. So, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly anyway. right. All right, yeah. three, three more questions. <laughs> three more questions. One, you mentioned Ted Williams. What was his lifetime right. batting average? Was it? 325, 344, 390, or 335? 344. 344 yes. is correct. All right, you are also, I know this, and actually uh, you're a big George Thurgood and the Delaware Destroyers fan. And, Charlie, Tom and I, our, our last concert we ever went to before the pandemic hit, we went and saw uh, George Thurgood down in Clearwater. Uh, we are, we're actually friends with a drummer, Jeff Simon, um, and I think I've, I've mentioned, I think I've introduced you to him. Uh, but which of these right. which of these songs is not a George Thurgood song? Okay, so you got three George Thurgood songs and one's a fake one. All right, Bad to the Bone, One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer, Ride on Josephine, and Terrapin Station. Which one's not a George? Ter- 
chirp and say. Yes, that's right. Correct. Very good. All right, and you got one last one last one now for the win. Now, Missy told me that your favorite movie is Ombre, right? Starring uh, yeah. starring Paul Newman. I'm gonna have to watch it. Have you seen Ombre? Right. I haven't seen Ombre. I'm gonna have to see it now. I've seen Ombre 200 times. Guys. <laughs> All right. Well, you're probably you're probably gonna get this right then. Uh, Paul Newman was a star. Who was his famous actress wife? Uh, Paul Newman's famous actress wife. Was it Sophia Loren, Natalie Wood, Joanne Woodward, or Bridget Bardot? Who's that? Paul Newman was ma- in real life was married to a famous yeah. was famous married to a famous actress. Was it Sophia Loren, right. Natalie Wood, Joanne Woodward, or Bridget Bardot? Joanne Woodward. Bang. Joanne Woodward is correct. And Charlie, I think you win something. We don't, we don't know what it is, yeah. but you get something fanatic, something fanatic related. Yeah, sushi. Yeah. Sushi. Yeah. We'll, 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 t- we'll take you out to get hey, sushi next hey, time uh, you're in Philly. Hey, hey Bray. Yep. Thank, thank you for asking me some softball questions, all right? Uh, yeah, really. They were some softballs, well, the, man. The baseball one's the hardest, right? Because you got it right. So. Uh, I should have got that Greg Dobbs one too, but you know, like when you said two hundred at bats, and then uh, when J. Rowe was in there, and he started, he had some big years in that in those in those seasons there. And you know, and I'm thinking, well, I knew I knew Victorino and Utley's batting average that year, and I, <laughs> and for some reason, you know, like I didn't really, I should have knew J. Rowe. So, yeah, <laughs> but you know. Well, you still, yeah. pay, hey, Charlie, you still won the quiz. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, being uh, on our yeah. on our podcast. I know this time last year, you know, you uh, you were going through some, uh, you know, some health issues, and uh, we were all thinking yeah. about you up here. And of course, you know, not having you know uh, spring training get cut short, right. and 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 you being on the. And he had so uh, many people man. visiting him last yeah. year. This time, yeah. I know Aaron right. Rowan. Aaron right. Rowan flew in, and right. you know, you had a lot of calls. And I mean, exactly. Yeah, how was how was that, Charlie? How did that help your recovery? when you had just everybody that you, you know in baseball really and, uh, you know, calling you or yeah. reaching out and talking baseball with you? Yeah, you know, I, I uh, you know, when I came home and people, uh, the, the people that touched, you know, touched base with me and things like that, I was, it was absolutely phenomenal, really. But it, also, too, I really, uh, I feel good. I, I, I'm healthy and I, uh, I'll be glad to, uh, uh, I hope we can go to spring training and have a reg, you know, like a regular spring training. And I can't wait to get in Philadelphia and, uh, you know, like, and just, uh, you know, like just walk around and meet people. And you like the people that I know and everything like that, because, you know, uh, uh, I love working with the Phillies and, you know, like that, I, I, I definitely look at myself as a total Philly guy. I look at Larry Bull as a Philly guy. So, you know, like, um, so I'm really excited about it, and and uh, and and I'll be glad to uh, see Brazier too because I want to bust his chops. <laughs> it's easy to bust John's wait, wait, chops. Wait, Charlie, speaking of that, yeah. wait, we got to. I guess I got to. Uh-huh. I'm going to set. I'm going to give you a little. Since I gave you some tough ones in baseball on the quiz, how about Charlie? Charlie comes down to fantasy camp. He's been there twice, right? Yeah. Well, I, I had I had to fill in. I had to fill in because. Uh, Guys go down like flies. I mean, guys get hurt with oh, ham, yeah. you know, hamstring and everything else. So I had to sub in and play. And Charlie uh, and, and who are you back there with? Ray uh, Burris are back behind the back screen yeah. while I'm batting. I've never been more Im- uh, nervous in my yeah, life because right. I know I'm going to hear about it, whatever yeah, I do. Charlie's going to crush and, you. And Charlie, uh, what did you say about my <laughs> pitching performance? <laughs> pitching? Uh-huh. He saw me you, pitching. He said, You showed yeah, the, Go ahead. John showed you a video, and what was your what was your remark on my pitching uh, performance? 
<laughs> you were talking about how good your wind up and everything was in your mechanics and yeah. I looked at you and I, and you said, What do you think, Charlie? And I said, I wish I hadn't looked at that pistol. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And the whole table went rolling right there. <laughs> mechanics. John doesn't have any mechanics, Charlie. I know that. Oh. <laughs> uh, All right. Well Charlie Hey Tom, I hey Tom, I wanna tell you something. Hey, I, I love getting on him, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I love joshing with him, man. He's something. We, we all do. It, it's a sport around here. We yeah. love busting on Braves. It's great. Yeah, yeah it's good. Uh, Charlie, thanks. Well, thank you guys yeah. for having me. Hey, hey, thank okay. you, Charlie. Really yeah. appreciate it. And, and, uh, happy New Year, too. You, you are welcome. you were one of our favorite people on this yeah. earth, so please take care of yourself. Well, and thank you. Tell I Missy I said hi. That. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. All right, Charlie. Charlie. Take care. Take right. care now. All right, our boy. We lo- we love him, right, John? I'm telling you, he's just the best. He's, yeah. uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to to again get to know him since 2004, right? Yeah. Uh, and just he he's he's like the greatest uncle you've ever had. Yeah. Everyone has like a favorite uncle, or yes. he is just that guy that uh, you want to be around. And I remember, you know, I was in the clubhouse a lot those years, and you know, I, I there are a lot of the managers when they come through the clubhouse, guys kind of the players kind of hide sink into their mm. cubby hole and their locker because they, they just don't want to be seen by the manager they, they just you know want to want privacy uh they want to avoid it's almost like the headmaster or the teacher coming through you want to avoid he was the exact opposite he would walk in he was like a rock star yeah. and people would be like hey chuck chuck come over here charlie show let me show you this chuck you got to come over here you know what i mean like everyone but but so he had that side but then people didn't realize that he had the tough side too. Yeah. That you got on Charlie's bad side, you did something wrong on the field or did something wrong off the field. Charlie's going to pull into that office uh, privately, not make this a public spectacle, and and he's going to give it to you, and you're going to feel the repercussions. Yeah, so Billy Wagner told us that too, right? So yeah. I mean, I think he had that perfect blend yeah. of uh, you know really knowing what made people tick, and and you, you just heard his decision making with the Jeff Jenkins talking about. You know, he has he has obviously he's one of the what known as one of the greatest hitting gurus out there. Uh, just a phenomenal man. So I, we are very blessed to have him in the city. Yeah, fa- like you said, favorite uncle, but a favorite uncle who's you know been in the game for you know almost sixty years. You know, and and kind of a walking history book when he's it comes to yeah. you know baseball. So I think you talk about the modern day players and you know uh, the, the teams that he managed. You know. They respected him for that, you know, that he had that kind of, yep. uh, you know, experience. So, he just had uh, the presence. He had a, yeah. he has a presence about him, but he also has such a genuine. Mm. He he genuinely cares about people, uh, and really wants to know you and get to know you and and have fun with you. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. just he's the best. He, well, he brings a smile to your face whenever you see him or talk about him. I love how he's saying he loves busting your chops, yeah. and uh, you know, you spent a lot of time, you know, uh, and we've all seen him talk. But I know you spent a lot of time with him. Part of my, uh, you know, just. You know, I've been with the Fanatic uh, down in spring training uh, the last, like, eight years uh, doing all the games. And uh, Charlie would come into the locker room after the fifth inning or so, and that's where the Fanatic would kind of be hanging out, you know, and he wasn't out in the crowd. And just Charlie – and, you know, watching the game with Charlie and, you know, uh, evaluating, you know, maybe some young pitchers. He's very, you know, on top of it yep. in terms of, uh, you know, players who are, who are in the organization and uh, – just talking baseball with Charlie is nothing like it. It's the best. And, again, you go to these banquets and you hear him talk. One of the other lines he had was, I think he's, like, again, one of 11 kids. 
and he might be the only boy, or maybe he's got another. He's got a brother, but he's got. It's all filled with, with, with girls, and he had girls, a lot yeah. of older sisters. So he wore a lot of hand-me-downs. So he, his line was, you know, uh, we were so poor. First time I wore <laughs> men's clothes was when I got drafted, because <laughs> 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 he was wearing the hand-me-downs from his older, older <laughs> sisters. So uh, I mean, just again, just just a, a beaut. Ah, in, well, in that was words, and, so. uh, that was great to have have Charlie on as our last guest of 2020, John. Yep. And yeah, we're going to we're going to continue. In yeah. 2021. Where are we going to be uh, uh, we'll, in two we'll, weeks, John? We'll, well, a couple weeks we'll be uh, at Chickies and Pete's. Yeah. Uh, yep. We're going to do that out in Warminster, I believe. Warminster. Right? Now, by that time, we're hoping maybe the restrictions are lifted. Uh, I know. Is Warminster – that's Montgomery County. So, I think, uh, yeah, come the 4th of January. Yep, I think and our, our show will be a little later. So, hopefully by the time uh, we'll yeah. have the restrictions, uh, yeah, we'll so have it in front of an audience. Absolutely. That'd be fun. This, so. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, looking forward to it. And we, uh, we have one, as always, we have a surprise guest. <laughs> yeah, a surprise to us. You know, I'm, you know what we're going to work on? Go ahead. Which I think would be a good one? I think Bill Giles would be a good one. Yeah, you think? we talked all, about that. Of all yeah. the history of just yeah. the uh, kite man and cannon sure. man and all the – I mean, he really was – There's a lot of, of non-baseball stuff we could talk about with exactly. Bill. Exactly. <laughs> we we, we talked old. way too much baseball there with Charlie. Yeah, about we that. We were over our head for a little bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, had to, I had to pull back a little bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's uh, – let's, down the road, let's try to get – if not the next one, maybe down the road, Bill Giles. I think that would be an absolutely tremendous one. Sounds good. Looking forward to it, John. John, happy new year. We're on – this is a new uh, – new New Year's Eve Eve yes. today. Yes. Uh, not sure when this will post, but Happy New Year to you. This has been a, a, a weird year, 2020 for everybody, but uh, it's great that uh, we were able to keep the podcast going a little bit. That's right. All right, Tom. All right. And thanks to everybody, PJ Willinghands. They've been great to us, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at the ballpark. Tax days with the going